Praise God. We've uh, just celebrated our 44th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still crazy about her. Yeah. And she's probably saying, and you have driven me crazy. <laughs> yes, and that is, that is true. <laughs> So true. <laughs> uh, but uh, God is good, amen? amen? And you know, God wants us to uh, be conformed to His image. Yes. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. God wants us to be conformed to His image. It's, I mean, think about all that entails. Everything. Everything. The way we think. The way we perceive things. Uh, you know, his perception of things is so drastically different than ours. And he says, uh, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. Uh, but he didn't say that you can't think the way I can think. He says and commands us, actually, he actually commands us to renew our minds according to the Word of God. And we're going to continue on on how to be led by the Holy Spirit uh, just because you hear something one time doesn't mean that you have it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Uh, especially when you, you talk to this brain. <laughs> and it's important for us to practice the Word of God. It's important for us to actually train our minds to think along the lines of the written Word of God. And you're going to find that when we are yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit, He is always going to be in line with the written Word of God. He will never lead you outside the written Word of God. Yes. So it's important for us, because remember what it says in Thessalonians? It says for us to judge all things. Yeah. And so that's what He's not asking us to be like those birds that have their eyes closed and just open their mouths and take anything that comes. He wants us to be wise. God is wise, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, and we're to be conformed to his image. So he's, he's declaring to us that we should walk with the wise. And when you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. And uh, if you got your Bibles there, and I hope you do, uh, because this is the church. <laughs> and what we do is teach out of the Bible. And since the Bible is the word of God... Uh, God wants us to know it. He wants us to know it. He wants us to actually memorize some of it. He wants us more and above than just simply memorizing it. He wants us to live it out. How many find that that's more difficult than memorizing it? <laughs> if you don't have our Bible, we got a couple of them back there. Frank has a couple of them back there. If you, John's got them. If you just simply raise your hand, because I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. It's important for us to understand that uh, who we are in Christ, not who we are in the flesh, not who we are according to our our. our our actual uh, lineage, it's because lots of people like to say, you know, well, that just runs in my family. It's a weak excuse, isn't it? And, and that's what it is, it's an excuse. It's an excuse for you to continue on your carnal behavior. And we're to crucify the flesh. Carnal flesh. We're to crucify it. And don't you know that crucifying is painful? Oh, yeah. yeah, and a lot of times it's no fun. <laughs> but if we're consistent at it and we stay true to it, according to the Word of God, we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians chapter 13. And I want to look at that last verse. Uh, some of you, uh, I know that depending on what translation you have, uh, it's instead of verse 14, it's verse 13. How many have a translation like that? I, I know that uh, 
I think it's Second uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The last verse of that, right. <laughs> because it's, it, is, it, it depends on what translation you have, because I think it's the Good News translation doesn't have a verse 14, it has a verse 13. Uh, and of course, all you Bible scholars knew that. Yep. Just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. <laughs> this is really important for us to really intake, take in this word, just to, to actually breathe it in and let it become life inside of you. Uh, too many times we read the Bible, we just read the words. And it's not. It's not just words we're reading. Jesus called himself what? Thank you, Chris. The word. And the word was, yeah, well, we could, we could go to that scripture, but <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. The word was, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what you have in your hands is the spirit of Jesus Christ empowered by his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. And look what it says here. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we get the wrong idea of what grace is, too. Grace isn't just simply something we pray before dinner. Grace, if you do a word study, is the power of God. Who wants the power of God to operate in their life? Yes. Yes. And it's available to you. Jesus was asked one time, what must we do to do the works of God? Anybody remember what he said? Only believe. <laughs> Only believe. So, if we want it, <laughs> it sounds easy. <laughs> because it takes a lot more than just believing in a way that we like to have it think. You have to bury it, dig deep in your heart. You have to throw out falsehoods. You have to renew your mind to it. You have to train your inner man, your spirit, to think along the Word of God first place. So we want the power of God to work in our lives. And grace is that power. If you notice, a lot of times you, you read this and uh, a greeting out of a uh, book of the Bible, uh, the epistles, which simply is a fancy word for letters, uh, letters to the churches, and uh, what Paul is doing is asking that the grace of God dwell within you. The grace of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God you could just preach right here and just never go any further. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. You're Christian? The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. We don't need more love. We need to exercise that love. We have to know what that love is so that we can actually participate in it. The love, that's just something that you could meditate on all day. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. And, and the world's love means that you accept me the way I am no matter what I do. That's not the love of God. Anybody have kids? Uh, did you correct them and discipline them? You did it because you loved them. And God will do the same to you and to me. We could read that in Hebrews. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. After last week, how many have been practicing being led by the Spirit of God? Huh? I mean, I don't want you to just come here and just hear a message and then just, you know, that's it. Wait till next week. You've got to put these things into practice. 
you have to be a doer of the word of God. And are we going to hit it from 100%? No, we're not. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, I thought I heard from God, but then because of the outcome of things, you're going to know that you did not hear from God. And so you don't blame God. It's just like the radio station. There's nothing wrong with the radio station. You just need to fine-tune it. And that's what we want to do. And we do that by practicing the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I hear pages turning, so we might as well look at that scripture. Who's got it? I just quoted it. Verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and that you're not your own. That's another great way to start to preach. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Uh, Christians need to learn that. Yes, please. Verse 20. And why are we not our own? Because... (laughs) Are you going to preach or am I going <laughs> to Because you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You've been freed from the power of sin. You've been freed from the power of sin. And uh, as we develop our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to make that very clear to us. Because the devil is going to try to reinforce that you are under the power of sin and that you can't help but sin. You've been bought with a price. The Holy Spirit, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is with you. Remember what the Bible says? We have such a great cloud of witnesses. They're watching us. And they're not watching us to point the finger at us and say, look at what you did. They're rooting us on. And the Holy Spirit is helping us avoid trouble. He's strengthening us in our inner man to walk away from sin, to repent. Repent means do a 180. Repent doesn't mean that I just confess my sin and go about my business. It means you change. Change. We change. So we need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be active in this. Because if we recognize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we start to become more aware that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And he is a constant companion. Our lives will change. Our attitudes will change. Our perception of life will change. We'll recognize what the devil meant for, to destroy you, God can turn it around for good. And how that happens is by following the Holy Spirit. These things, spiritual realities, don't fall on you like ripe fruit off a tree. You have to work at this. You have to work at this. The Holy Spirit... Let's go to John chapter 14, or John 16. It's the place where your Bible falls apart. John chapter 16. This is some of the most important. I love verse chapters 14 through 17. I just, I, I spend a lot of time reading those, those chapters. And Jesus is speaking here. And now we're, we're trying to develop our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Right? And, the, and when we hear something about the realities of our 
new creation, because you are a new creation in Christ, that means we need to embrace those realities. And they have to become real to us. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help you and I cause them to be real to us. Verse 13, Jesus is speaking here. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. We need that now today, don't we? But you know what? Uh, The Bible tells us what is to come, and I'll get to that a little later on. Because this is important for us. Again, it goes back to the reality that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. So the Holy Spirit, we need to practice and we need to develop our fellowship with the Holy Spirit because He's going to lead us into all truth. He's going to give us wisdom and understanding He's going to help us make sense of what's happening in the world today. He's going to show us things to come. This is somebody you need to get to know. He says he's going to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. This is really important, too, because there's a lot of things happening in the body of Christ that uh, preachers are being glorified. It's turning into Hollywood preachers. And, you know, we were asked at one time, if you could change, if you could exchange your, your life with somebody who, a character in the Bible, who would it be? Think about that. Who would it be? Who, who would you choose? Do you know who I said? I said I'd be one of the 70 because you don't know their name. They did the will of God and you never hear about them again. Just want to do the will of God. That's what Jesus says. I have food that you don't know of and it's to do the will of the one who sent me. And how did Jesus live his life? He lived his life as a man completely guided by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said, the works that I do, you'll do also, and even greater works than these. See, now we've got to renew our mind to that because we've been taught all along that, well, Jesus is Jesus, you're not. And, of course, that is true. But yet the works that he did, Jesus himself says, you're supposed to be doing. And we've got some work to do, don't we? And that starts with fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. He's almost like the most ignored person of the Trinity. Shame on us is right. Because where's God the Father? He's in heaven. And Jesus? Sitting at the Father's right hand. So, who's here? The Holy Spirit's here. And so if we make that connection with him, that vital connection with him, then we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and we're going to be doing the will of the Father and we're going to be able to change people's eternal lives. That's everything. Changing somebody's eternal life. Changing somebody's eternal life. And don't, count, don't think that just because you're not on a platform in front of 1,500 people that your life doesn't amount to anything. It's valuable if you speak one word about the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ to somebody that is powerful. Now let's go to, uh, okay, so you got it. We're trying to develop our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit's not weird. He's not weird. Okay? 
Yes, he'll help you speak in tongues. Yes, he'll give you interpretation of tongues. Yes, he'll give you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. He'll help you prophesy. He'll show you things to come. But he's not weird. Jesus was the most anointed individual on the planet. And he wasn't weird. Everybody wanted to hang out with him. People didn't think he was weird. So we're going to develop this, aren't we? If the Holy Spirit is going to show us things to come, he's going to lead us and guide us into all truth so that we need to start developing our fellowship with him. Let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and verse 7. Oh, praise God. I think what happens is we sell ourselves short too often. We, we start to uh, believe words that somebody has said over us. Uh, you won't amount to anything. Uh, when they were passing out brains, you thought they said trains and you didn't go. <laughs> you don't have to be intellectually wise to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. The disciples, remember what they said about them? They recognized that they were untaught, untrained men, but they knew they'd been with Jesus. This is important. Who's qualified you? God Himself has qualified you, there's no higher authority. Now look what it says here in verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. Now, the point of this scripture is, did Moses see the mighty acts? Yes, he actually was very involved with them. But it was Moses who learned God's ways. And that's what we should desire. We want to know God's ways. We just don't want to see something happen. We want to know God's ways. We want to be able to know God's ways so much that we can apply them in our daily life and that we can help those around us. And it starts off with the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's vital for us to develop that relationship. Because it says in Romans chapter 8, let's go there, Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 16. We looked at these last week. I hope you looked at them again during the week, not just that was good and so. I guess what I'm trying to do is to encourage you to read the Word, renew your mind to the Word of God, be doers of the Word. We'll get to that. Look what it says here. And I'll read this out of the Amplified. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirits, assuring us that we are the children of God. Now some of your Bibles will say, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That's a really, I like that better. It bears witness because it's softer. That means you have to be more sensitive to understand that. And that's what we want, right? We want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
He bears witness with our spirit. So this is going to be the number one way that God leads us, is by the witness, your inner witness. Now where's the Holy Spirit? He's within you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is talking to you more than you are listening. And I'm guilty of that myself. It's, don't laugh so hard, Dan. <laughs> but the truth is, is that we have to become more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that starts with the fellowship of the Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. His words are spirit and they're life. So if you want more of the Spirit, that means to start getting into the Word of God. We are in a, a time period that is very clearly defined as the last days. And it's going to be so important for us to be led by the Spirit of God. More so than ever. Of course, the early church would say, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> But we see what's coming on this earth. And you'll find it in the book of Revelation. We talked about last week our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We've talked about our brothers and sisters in Iran. How their life really does depend on them being led by the Holy Spirit. And... That's where I want this church to become. I want you to become so desperate to hear from the Holy Spirit that you do anything to, to hear from the Holy Spirit. And that would mean studying the Word of God. And I, I know for sure that God has, has set before all of us some things that He wants us to do. And reading the Word is, is one of those things. He wants us to be at prayer. He wants us to be at prayer. We ought to know how to pray. Amen? Uh, but there's a point where I just started. Uh, I didn't know how to pray. But I was hungry for the things of God, and so what did I do? I started to read about it. I started to learn about it. I started to ask the Holy Spirit about it. Teach me. Reveal to me. Show me. Bring somebody along my path that can help me. Uh, these are the things that you have to start to become desperate for, people. I mean really desperate for. We have to become desperate for these things. We see the trouble that is coming upon the earth. And the reason that's coming is because people have turned their backs on God. They have uh, determined that they know better than God. And they have fallen into the trap of loving money. Uh, they have been seduced by power. And uh, let's face it, this earth is in trouble. And that's why you and I have got to know how to be led by the Spirit of God. We have to develop this fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because he'll guide you around trouble. He'll show you things that might have happened in your life. Where you can get healed from. We've all had trouble in our lives. Some more than others. But our God can heal you, make you whole, conform you to the image of Christ. But what happens is, just like what happened to the children of Israel, God just lays it all out here for us. Inviting us, inviting us, inviting us, inviting us, inviting us. And we're busy. We're busy. 
And then we hear about the love of God. We hear about the uh, mercy of God. The endurance of God. The perseverance of God. The loving kindness of God. His mercy endures forever. Do you know that a great example of that mercy closing is found in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. You just write this down. I'll try to give you a view. The children of Israel were going through the wilderness, and God was taking them to the promised land. And the children of Israel continually complained, and God continually through the wilderness proved himself, delivered them, put up with their crying and their complaining. And then he says, okay, here's the land. Go in and take it. I'm with you. Go in and take the land. It's yours. It's the promised land. It's not like when you're a slave in Egypt. It's the promised land. Go and take it. Well, remember, there were 12 spies sent in. Ten of the spies came back with a bad report, and two came back with the right report. And then the whole congregation listened to the negative. And God got so upset with them, he closed the door of opportunity. The window of opportunity, the door of opportunity. The window gets closed, let's put it that way. The window gets closed. And I want us to understand that this can happen to us. This is, this is really important for us to understand. The Holy Ghost has been dealing with our lives to start to develop this fellowship. And if we don't take that initiative and do what he's asking us to do, Listen, God is going to close the door. And then what happened? Then the children of Israel, once they heard what God was going to say, all right, for 40 years now you're going to go walk in the desert. Not a single one of you in a certain age group was going to go into the promised land. You're all going to die in the desert. Well, they straightened right up. Oh, we sinned against God. Oh, we're getting our battle gear on. Okay, Moses, we're ready to go. God says, I'm not going with you. They went. They got their tails kicked. They all died in the wilderness. Why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because I know the Holy Spirit. And I know the Holy Spirit has been dealing with all of us. He's asking us to make changes in our lives. He's asking us to get in on this fellowship with him so that we can be productive in this last age. You can find Jesus' ministry the same way. He comes into Jerusalem, riding the donkey. Remember that? And the Pharisees say, Tell your disciples to be quiet. Don't let them praise you. And he says, well, the stones will cry out if they're silent. And then he says to them, if you would only have known what would make peace and how I've called out to you like a mother hen, but you've refused. The door closed. See, we, we get this, this, I think we get this wrong idea uh, because we have the wrong concept of love. Love. Do whatever you want. I love you. If you accept me, then that means you love me. If you try to correct me in anything, that means you hate me. We see this. But God is trying to correct us because he does love us. And he's giving us all a warning to take notice. I just happen to be the delivery boy. It's important for us. I know it might sound heavy, but this is a note of victory here, folks. If we just say, oh, no, I'm getting crushed here, I'm getting... No, that's not the point. Thank you. Come out from among them. Jesus said this. He said about prayer. Oh, imagine that. We're talking about prayer. 
It's amazing how the Holy Ghost just weaves stuff together, isn't it? He says, pray that you'll have strength to be able to stand before him and not go under the hour of testing, which is going to come upon the whole world. The whole world. The hour of testing. So what is the, what's the solution to come out and to stand before him and escape the hour of testing? Well, he's given us a, a something to do. He says, here's the opportunity. <laughs> Take it. Because when that door closes, it closes, doesn't it? Noah's Ark. God closed the door of the Ark. That's what the Bible says. God closed the door of the Ark. The ten virgins. Five foolish, five wise. The door was shut. The five wise went in. The five foolish came, knocked on the door later, said, hey, open up to us. I don't know you, he says. See, this is an important message that we're hearing. And it's important because we must get together with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with him so that we can know these things to a place where we're starting to cut off things that really hold us back. Because there are things that hold us back. And sometimes we don't even recognize it. We don't, we, don't, we don't recognize it. And that's why we need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Because He will tell you. And then what happens? Our, our soul, which is uh, reason, will try to talk yourself out of obeying the Holy Ghost because, first of all, well, they get to do it. and Why can't I get to do it? Ever hear that before? Yeah. See, God's dealing with you as a son, a daughter. It's the fellowship with the Holy Spirit that we have to develop. Because the worst part is, is to be found on the other side of the door, the wrong side of the door. Uh, Because we see the wrong side of the door is eternal. And we see what's coming. If you want to take a look at what's coming, go to Revelations 5, 6, and read on from there. It's going to, it's going to be some dangerous things happening. Where a fourth of the world is destroyed. The oceans turn to blood. These are the kind of things you want to escape, folks. <laughs> and Jesus is telling us how. And I just, I know the pastoral staff here, the the core team in this place, we want you to be on the right side of the door because the wrong side of the door is eternal and forever and it will be no relief. You know, the Bible says the smoke of their torment will come up forever. Forever. The smoke of their torment will come up forever. Well, geez, Pastor, this is, I thought God was love. Aren't you going to tell us how good we are? Aren't you going to tell us that we're new creations in Christ? Aren't you going to tell us that we've been made to re- sit with Jesus Christ? And these things are true, but you know what? You have to live it. Yeah. When God is telling us, remember that scripture? We're not our own, we're bought with a price. We're not our own. And what we've done is because we live in the greatest country on the planet. And it's a democracy. And we all get a voice. We think that we get a voice with God. We don't. He says this is the way it's going to be. And he's expecting you and I to conform to that. Because that's life and peace. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And this is, this is again, uh, maybe we're still there. Yeah, I don't know where I'm in these notes. 
We'll go to Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 9. And this is really important for us. We want to be a church that follows God. We don't care if we're the most popular church. We don't care. We don't care. But what we do care about is, is people losing their way and people making a decision that lasts eternally. And if we have to bring correction, well, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Verse 5, it says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their mind on those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. It's pretty plain right there. And what we need is to ask God to help us because He's willing to help us. He's ready to help us. He's just waiting for us to invite him in on our lives. Because we've all been there thinking with the mind of the flesh. You know how it goes. Most of us think this, the mind of the flesh. Well, then he'll say this, and then I'll say that. And then he'll say this, and then I'm saying this. And then I'm going to say this. And then I'm really going to say this. And none of it ever happens. You wasted all that energy. <laughs> And what happens? Where does it leave you? Down in the dumps. It's lousy. <laughs> but if we start to think with the mind of the Spirit, that's going to lift us up. We're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. We're going to start to have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit that we desperately need. He's going to teach us. He's going to show us things to come. He's going to reveal us the truth to us. He's going to show us how to walk in this peace that passes all understanding. True. Don't you want that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Just read the headlines of the news. You, and then if you start to meditate on that stuff, where's that going to get you? Now, if, if we start to meditate on the things of God and... You know, you, you're, you're definitely going to want to know what's happening in the news. And you're going to want to know because that news is actually a, a, a missions field. So when you read something about Nancy Pelosi or somebody you don't like, if, whether it's Trump or it's Pelosi or it's Biden or it's, it doesn't matter. You start to rile up, and is the mind of the flesh going to ascend, or is the mind of the spirit going to ascend where you're praying for that individual? Open the eyes of their understanding, Lord. Do you remember that Ephesians prayer? That's a really good one to pray for yourself and for, for those, and for your enemies. I pray for my enemies what I pray for myself. Because if that works for them, then they're no longer my enemies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God has made it so that you and I can do his will. We can actually do what he's asking us to do. 
It's just that we have to start to train ourselves to do it. And listen, we all have to start somewhere, don't we? We start in the first step. So don't feel bad that you're just now starting off. Don't feel bad at all. The worst thing you can do, now here's the mind of the flesh. Well, they all know so much more than I do. I'm just, I'm just not even going to try. There's the mind of the flesh, and there's going to leave you in defeat. And then you pull up your sleeves and say, you know what? I'm, they got there. I can get there. They're no brighter than I am, especially this guy up front. <laughs> this life that God has asked us to live is a life of total victory. See, now the Holy Spirit will teach you what victory really means also. It's not the definition the world gives. Because the world has all their eggs in this basket. And it's... And this whole world and everything in it is passing away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And so what we need to do is put that word of the Lord in us. You want to stand? And having done all to stand, put the word of the Lord in you. Because the word of the Lord is fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, my words are spirit and their life. You want to know Jesus better? Get into the Word. You want to know the Holy Spirit? You want to hear His simple whisper? You don't want to be like the mule, like it says in Proverbs, with a bit and a bridle in their mouth, because there's going to be a time when the Holy Ghost won't do that anymore with you. Correct. See, this is actually good news. What I'm, what I'm preaching here is good news. It is for us to wake up. It is for us to really understand that this is all real serious. And we all have loved ones that are outside the kingdom. And when we start to develop that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He's going to give us words to speak to our loved ones that will stir the most holy emotions in them. And that's what we want. We want, we want to have our loved ones, we want them to be stirred so strongly that they recognize their spiritual condition and repent. That's what we want to see all of Butler do. All of Butler there's no one outside of God's saving grace. I'm, I just want to let you know that time is short. Time is short. And, and if you're a student of the word, you absolutely know that time is short which means that we need to get ourselves a little more stirred up to follow through on what God is asking us all to do. So I'm just asking you to bow your heads right now. And I, what I want you to do, I want you to just have a private time with the Holy Spirit. I mean, He's going to show you some things. He's going to reveal you some things. And when he shows you things, just ask him to forgive you and strengthen you with his power, his grace, to make steps in going in the right direction. The truth is, when you ask him to forgive you, he forgives you instantly. And he cleanses you from all unrighteousness.
which gives us all a fresh start right now in this moment. Father, I'm asking that you would open the eyes of our understanding. That we would be completely aware that your spirit dwells within us. And that you, Holy Spirit, will lead us into all truth. You will guide us. You will strengthen us. You will show us things to come. We're asking that you would prepare us for what you have prepared for us. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for us. You shed your blood for us. You adopted us into your holy family. I pray right now, if you're you're here today and you, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, not just your Savior, but your Lord, where He is Lord. He is the king of your life. And you're ready to do that. I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. And then you can slide it right back down and we'll pray a prayer and you'll be born again. This is how spiritual things work. You believe in your heart. You speak with your mouth. That's how things happen in the spirit realm. Father, I pray for each one here and those who hear my voice. I pray that you would cause us all to be more sensitive to your leading, to your guiding, to your instruction. And I ask that you would help us in our follow-through. We ask these wonderful things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah.